belt to the place. A swing and a miss. And that's the winner. That's the winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals. Smith corks one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run. And the Cardinals have won the game by the score of 3-2. to two. Welcome to That's a Winner Podcast. I am Ryan Jenkins. With me, as always, is Josh Brown over there. And tonight with us is Kyle Peach. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the show. Uh, we're having some streaming issues also on Twitter, it looks like, too. So, Josh, you can check that out, too, please. Um, so, we're going to break things down. Um, welcome to the new year. This is our first show of the new year. And um, we're just going to talk a little bit about the, the news of what's going on today, which was uh, Scott Rowland, obviously, was in, uh, elected into the Hall of Fame um, yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk about Chip Carey being the new voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. We're going to do a winter warm-up wrap-up uh, from our all three of us being at winter warm-up um, last weekend, two weekends ago. And we'll talk a little bit about the Bally Sports um, debacle that's going on. But uh, welcome in Kyle Peach and Josh Brown now. So uh, let's get right into um, the Scott Rowland stuff. So Scott Rowland um, got elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame last night. Our video that we posted of his family, him telling his parents was just awesome. I don't know if they still live in Jasper, Indiana, or if that's in Bloomington where uh, Roland lives now. But you could see how proud his parents were. And it's a long time coming, 76%. Um, Kyle, you know, it's one of the players that we grew up watching, obviously. Well, I'm going to see a lot of times from Indiana where I grew up. He was born in the same city I was. Um, Kyle, what do you think about him finally getting the call to the hall? Well, it's it's been a long wait for sure. Oh, Obviously, my bad. Now go. All right. Hey, it has been a, it's been a long haul and a long wait for Scott Rowland. And, and you know the probably the most profound thing for me is that this is the first real time we've seen a member of the 06 11 uh, championship teams from St. Louis make it into the Hall of Fame. He's the first one to get there. Uh, and and so that was kind of the really profound moment for me as a fan. Obviously, there's been a little bit of a Flack and pushback uh, saying he's more average than Hall of Fame worthy, but uh, obviously uh, those folks just relying on the numbers to, and not seeing necessarily the non-stat line stats that Scott Rowland put up playing third base in St. Louis. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, I, I mean, it's not surprising, right? If, if it didn't happen this year, I think we were all pretty confident it was going to happen next year. Um, seventy-six percent. Well, he got in by one one percent. I think right? it was five total votes, is what they said. Right, we calculated very minuscule margin. Um, I mean, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think there's a doubt when you combine the the power, the power numbers with his defense. Right, who's it? Who's it? Remind you of today with the Cardinals? They might have another guy that's going to be there soon. Nolan Arenado. We've seen some tweets kind of going around it. You know, Scott Rowland's numbers, especially offensively going in, and even Arenado's. Um, right there 
You know, Arenado's sitting at 299 home runs, as is. Scott Rowland's got 316. So I think, and you look at the defense, those two very similar. Uh, Arenado, I think, has already got actually a couple more gold gloves already than Rowland, right? So uh, Cardinals very well might have another guy on, on a Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame path already uh, at third base, which is pretty cool to think about. But Scott Rowland, I mean, he's synonymous with all those with all those big postseason moments. And um, that's what I think about with him, especially – especially in 06 when they won it all. Uh, he was right there in the thick of that. So, yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I, I, I know there was a lot of debate around him, probably not as much much scrutiny with is he a fall, Hall of Famer as there is with, with Yachty for some reason. Um, maybe people think that, that Roland's offensive numbers aren't quite up to keep as what you would expect from a Hall of Famer, but uh, I know there's not a lot of third basemen in the Hall of Fame. So I, I think he deserved to be in. What do you think, Ron? Well, yeah. I thought Scott Rowland was the best third baseman I thought I would ever see in, you know, in, in my lifetime. Watching him play the way he played defense was just was the best. And then Nolan Arenado comes around, and now it's like he's not even going to be the best St. Louis Cardinal to play third base, which is quite crazy to think about. Uh, I think he was more than, um, more than necessary for him to get in. It was definitely where he needed to be. I think it— I understand the debate, and I saw one today was Dale Murphy. Like, well, if if Scott Rollins and then Dale Murphy needs to be in, and, and the numbers were very similar, and actually Dale Murphy's were all better. But I think the big part of it is the Gold Gloves and how well you play defense. Now, the I think there's I want to say I don't know if this is accurate. I think 18 total third basemen ever in the Hall of Fame, and so whenever it's underrepresented like that, Scott Rollins is the top 10 best third baseman of all time. Then yes, he should be in the Hall of Fame, and I and I get that his numbers don't pan out next to some of the others out there in different positions. But people talk about Keith Hernandez, how, how good of a first baseman he was, one of the best ever with like 11 or 12 gold gloves. Well, that's not a high defensive uh, you know, position like third base is. And I think that's the real difference of how good Scott Rowland was on the defensive side. Yeah, I've got it pulled up here. Uh, Rowland is the 15th third baseman. Inducted to the Hall of Fame looks like I'm looking 15th, at so yeah. looking at the uh, research here by Baseball Almanac um shows him here so and you look at his numbers compared to the some of the other guys i mean the high end obviously like the, the top of the gold standard really when you think about hall of fame third baseman is mike schmidt i, I don't right. think there's nobody's going to contest that especially offensively the guy had 548 home runs uh eddie matthews 512 those are the only two guys in the 500 range of third baseman and home right. runs Chipper, of course, you've got at 468. But then after that, I mean, it's a lot of 300s. Ron Santo, 342. George Brett, 317. So it's not like his offensive numbers are that that far off from, from the other guys, except for the top two, you know, that you think of when you think of, like, big-time, you know, Hall of Fame third baseman in Mike Schmidt and Eddie Matthews. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the offense coupled with his his gold gloves and his defense is like – He's like he was he was that complete player. He right. was I mean we had an Arenado before Arenado was that. And, and and Nolan's talked about how like I watched him. I idolized Rowan. You know, that was a guy that that he he watched and idolized and I think I what, what struck me watching some of the clips that were playing on the MLB network and, and some of the highlights from his career and, and Nolan Arenado's talked about this but I forget about it being a teenager back then. Right. You know, you just sometimes you forget about how good how great the goodness was that you were watching. Um but man, he was so big. He's a big guy, yeah. and Arnado's talked about that. To be as agile as he was, and to get to the balls that he got to, like, pretty cool to see on those clips. Because he's a, he's a big dude, man. I mean, he's 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 a big guy. Well, so let me let me ask you that, guys, this now. So uh, there's a great debate on 
what cap, if any, that he will wear going into the it Hall of Fame. Should be a debate. So he played more games for the Phillies, and also, by the way, the Hall of Fame decides who wear what cap goes in. Uh, with, with input from with the player, input. right? They, they listen yeah. to them. Yeah. Uh, there was people today talking about they thought if they were alive, they get to pick. And, and, and if they're not with us anymore, then, then the Hall decides. It is the Hall decides with input from the player of which cap. And Roland has said he's not sure which one he would wear uh, going into it. He played more games with the Phillies, and he has a little you know, similar numbers between the two. I can tell you he will not be wearing a Reds hat or a Jays hat going into into the Hall. But do you no. think do you think he'll wear Cardinals, uh, uh, Phillies, or none? Kyle, I'll let you go first. What do What do you think? Well, I, I want him to wear a Cardinals. I think Cardinals is the is the right choice. I think he could potentially uh, go with no cap because you don't want to tick anybody off, uh, cancel culture, and he's no longer welcome in Philadelphia if he wears a Cardinal hat. I I don't know that that's the case, but. Uh, and, and I wonder truly how much of a factor the Hall of Fame's decision is in the decision. You know, when you read between the lines, it used to be the player's decision to make many not that long ago. And then all of a sudden the Hall of Fame says, well, we're going to make the decision with player input. I think that flip was made because of criticism and backlash to players who picked for fans the wrong hat. Uh, and so maybe it is, in fact, a Roland decision, and the Hall of Fame is giving the players that go in the cop out of saying, well, it's the Hall of Fame selection with input from the player. Uh, I think this is one of those classic cases of, of really being a tough call. Uh, obviously, as Cardinal fans, we want it to be a Cardinal cap. I mean, you want a lot of hardware in St. Louis and, and no doubt a World Series championship to, to go along with it. Uh, but, you know, Truth be told, it's probably a split down the middle, and when that kind of thing happens, maybe there's no logo on that cap. He did, however, grow up in Cardinal country, and that's where he's from. So there's that too. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, obviously, like, you know, the Cardinals fan in us has the bias of, well, duh. Like, why would you not? Why would you not go in with the STL, you know, on your Hall of Fame cap? Uh, but it is very close. I mean, yeah, he played seven years with the Phillies, six with the Cardinals, almost identical numbers, honestly, almost almost identical lines. Uh, when you look at batting average, 282 Philly, uh, 286 St. Louis, 373 OVP in Philly, 370 in, in St. Louis. The OPS plus is almost exactly the same. Uh, obviously, he played, you know, 100, well, almost 200 plus more games in Philadelphia, so a little bit more home runs. But, I mean, I think the tiebreaker here, if you're going to go with most impact on your career, has got to be the World Series win in 06, right? He got that with the Cardinals, did not have that in Philadelphia. Uh, but I agree with you, Kyle. I think it is it is harder probably for him to pick than others because 1997 Rookie of the Year with the Phillies, right? Philadelphia drafted him. They gave him a shot. He was Rookie of the Year in 97, um, got his first gold glove in 98. Um, he was, you know, all-star with them in the MVP conversation a, a few times, but not to the extent that he was with us. I mean, with the Cardinals, you've got, I mean, from 03 to 06, four straight all-star games, four straight or, or three gold gloves in those four seasons, uh, fourth in the MVP voting in 04. So the peak of his career, I, I would say, is in, was in St. Louis. I don't think there's too much of an argument there in terms of accolades, achievements, and just the peak of what he you know achieves, especially winning a World Series, which is the ultimate goal, right? Well, right. And let's also talk about that he was not – he's not liked 
in Philadelphia. He was booed relentlessly after he left. He asked he booed for everybody. The, he asked for the trade out of there. He's not wanted there. He did, was never wanted there. There was even a tweet from a Philly fan that said, "I hope he goes in the hall as a Philly's hat so we can all go there and boo him." Like that's like that's what they, crazy. they they think about. They, they didn't like him because he didn't want to be there. Also, he's in the Hall of Fame of the St. Louis Cardinals. He's not in the Phillies. Uh, they have like a wall of fame type thing where they put notable players on. He's not even listed as that. So yeah. if he's not even revered in that category for the Phillies, like I don't understand why they would even want him whenever all they want to do is boo and, and not like him that way. That, I mean, that's my two cents on it. And I think, obviously, he won a World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals. And to be honest, he probably wouldn't be – he would be more of a question to be uh, a red jacket guy with the Cardinals if he hadn't won. That's what we've talked about, Arenado and Goldie. Like these dudes, you have to win something to be – of relevance to the St. Louis Cardinals. If you're not, then you have to have extremely good numbers. And that's where it kind of, he was only in with the Cardinals for five years. What's, well, how many years do you have to play with the Cardinals to be in the Cardinals Hall of Fame? Is it four? It's, it's a low, it's not. I think it's four or five. He yeah. was six with, with St. Louis. Is what I see here. Six years. Okay. So, yeah, so first year was Oh two. So Oh two through 2007. And but see, I mean, Oh five, 2007, some injuries there. And I'm too young maybe to remember him in a Phillies uniform. Now, by too young, I didn't pay attention to the Phillies in those years. Right. Not that I don't I watch every game of every single game of baseball I can of all teams right now, but like back then that wasn't as easy and I don't remember Scott Rowland until he became a St. Louis Cardinal. Now, Kyle, a little older, maybe you remember Scott Rowland as a Philly. I, I I do, but not nearly to the to the level that I do remember him as a Cardinal. I will say uh, growing up uh, over uh, in the Evansville, uh, Indiana area. He's from Jasper, Indiana. So, you know, he, he's a guy that I, I think I knew because he was, you know, Local, yeah. less than an hour away from, from, from where I'm living. So uh, there was that. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it was a guy that we were very excited to see sign as a Cardinal when he came to St. Louis because of the local connection and the fact that he grew up in Cardinal country uh, certainly was, was an interesting thing. And, Ryan, you know, something I, I'm just now – kind of processing as we're talking about this is what kind of a cool moment there will be very, very soon in St. Louis. So where another number is retired on the wall in St. Louis. Somebody talked about that the other, uh, I saw on Twitter last night that, well, you know, they should just not even redo the wall until, you know, number four or number five are going to get added to it. But there's other guys that are in the hall of fame and the, and with the Cardinals that aren't retired numbers. Well, that's a good point. I, you know, that so, is a good point. So why, at what point do they get to be retired numbers and in the Hall of Fame? That I don't know. I don't know the answer. So, I, you know, I mean, there's other there's other guys that are not on that wall and retired numbers that are in the Hall of Fame and played for the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm interested in how that gets decided. Uh, I think a lot of it obviously has to do with on the field, the achievements in the organization, but off the field, too, and in the community. And I don't know how much Roland has been involved in St. Louis post career there but i think if i had to bet right now the next two numbers would be retired if the cardinals are going to be five and four right i mean and that's just it seems you know <laughs> i don't think there's a, a whole lot of debate there in terms of like the achievements and what they put back into the the community and do they wait until they're in the hall of fame in five years like you know when does that happen yeah i don't know i don't know because uh, we all speculated it was going to happen on the last game of the season at the right. stadium this didn't past happen season. that quickly right so actually, at winter warm-up, uh, Mosaic was asked about this in the, just a general Q&A. They did a, you know, a couple of things with him, uh, and somebody asked that, and he said, yeah. He said, I you know, 
would definitely imagine that Dude, that's gonna happen that's gonna point. happen he said probably not gonna happen this year or next right. year but yeah it's gotta gotta happen down the road so i'm not sure the threshold of that uh, it's interesting to think about i don't know the timeline that they wait to go with that I, I would think it makes more sense to wait till they're actually you know they've been inducted right. to the hall of fame they've gone they've given their speech but um i guess it's the cardinals you know Cardinals decision there. And, you know, the other part we talk about, you know, maybe it's about the hat. Well, Tony La Russa is a non, not a St. Louis Cardinal hat in the Hall of Fame, and he's a retired uh, number as well. So not 100%. So uh, la- this past season, the Hall of Fame, the Cardinals Hall of Fame weekend where uh, Matt Holiday was inducted, um, Scott Rowland was supposed to come and sign. And I have a beautiful oh. 06 World Series jersey has the World Series patch on it, has the 2006 um, uh, new ballpark, uh, Bush Stadium, you know, opening season patch on it. And last minute, Scott Rowland um, had to decline out of it because of family issues, family, whatever, something with the family. So I knew at that point I needed to get that jersey signed because I knew he was going to be a Hall of Famer, whether this year or the next year. It was trending that direction. Now I have this jersey that's unsigned. What is it going to take me now to get it signed? And how much now is it going to cost me? to actually get it signed because he's going to write Hall of Fame 2023 next to it. It ain't going to be cheap. <laughs> I mean, he, lives here. He, he lives an hour away from where we are now. Just go stalk him at IU. Yeah, well, supposedly, I, I do know some people there. <laughs> I've, I've sent texts trying to get him on the show. Um, he's he, pretty private, right, yes, from what I gather. He's very private, but he, he goes to all of his kids' games in Bloomington, uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. He goes, he sits, and he watches like a normal dude. At all of his his daughter is uh, in high school, very good uh, basketball athlete um, and softball and volleyball. Son plays baseball, obviously as well. And he's like fifteen, but they're very good athletes. And he just goes and and goes about his business and and supports them. So, so you what know, you're telling me is that the most coveted schedule in all of sports right now in Cardinal Nation is the Pee Wee Little League schedule of the Roland family. Right. If we might just need to go stop by, say, Hey, here, sign this Jersey for me while he's watching his kids play. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, uh, Roland was Mr. Baseball in Indiana. Um, in, I can't remember what year, but he also was runner up. Mr. Basketball was to, I mean, the guy's six, four, two forty five. Mr. Basketball runner up in the state of Indiana, which basketball's big deal in Indiana. And he was went to a, on a scholarship to Georgia to play basketball. He did not go. He ended up being drafted to play baseball. But he went to a, a football. I mean, a baseball basketball scholarship to Georgia. Mister Basketball runner up. I think he made the right choice to play in third base. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, I, you would think so. Yeah, especially the money yeah, that no, he made. Yeah, no you know, kidding. I mean, yeah, I. It's going to be interesting, I think, with the number, with the with the cap, with all of that. Um, I think if he doesn't do it as the Cardinals or goes in as no cap, it'll be kind of like why Larusa did. He just doesn't sure. want to. Fin- and maybe he's but less. Larusa won. He won a World Series in Oakland. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's yeah. the difference to me. Yeah. Like World Series, like you won a World Series. You and maybe maybe anymore. Scott's worried less about the fans and you know more about like maybe there's coaches or you know people employees sure. like front office part of that organization that he just respects, respects yeah. a lot and doesn't want to you know he could have slide at all he could have a business there too you know you have no idea yeah he we could, don't know but, but I, at the same time like who's really going to take a slight by him going in with the cardinals even even if it's somebody that you know had a big impact on him on the phillies like it's not like it, you know with the Philly, way it, phillies fans with they the, right the fans Santa. but i'm even talking about the front office like 
or, you know, people he was connected with, coaches, managers, whatever, like the way it ended there, it just didn't end well. Right. And he won the World Series with, with St. Louis. So it seems like a no-brainer, but we'll, we'll find out pretty soon. I don't know when that's decided, but. Well, I mean, he goes in in July is when the actual enshrinement is, right. the speeches. So you'll find out. Oh, one last thing before we move on from this. Um, did you see Adam Wainwright's tweet about this, about Roland? He said, uh, "I did. Yes, I'll, I'll just recap it. I don't have the words exactly, but he said he said that he's happy for Scott, one of the nicest guys ever, and he bought his first two suits. Scott Rowland bought his first two suits for Adam yep. uh, whenever he came into the league because he didn't have any suits. Yep. So I can't wait for the speech. He said, yeah, generous person with a big heart. Uh, Brad Thompson, I know, was on the radio this week, BT, talking about Scott as well. He had a great story about his, his MLB debut. Uh, Brad Thompson's coming in, and, you know, huge crowd, and and he he made the mistake of looking around and was like, oh no, <laughs> this is like this is big time. And he said that they threw the ball around and Scott came up and brought it to him and said, "Your family in yet?" He said, "No, they're not in yet, Mister Rowan. You know, they'll they'll be in later this week." He's all right. He's like, "Pretty big crowd tonight." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "All right, well, good luck." <laughs> so he said that Scott for for his the work that you saw him put on the field and how you know how just serious he was. Um, actually really dry humor really funny guy uh which i found interesting because he just seems kind of like you know by the book just always after it pretty at least from what i remember pretty serious yeah. dude oh yeah there, it's very goldy like no smiling yeah lots of you know just yeah exactly like you said all right let's let's switch gears let's talk about um where do you want to go you want to go winter warm-up you want to talk about chip carry anyone we could do a brief uh winter warm-up recap before getting in chip i mean i i, I I thought it was a great event. I had never been before. I think you guys had have you guys been before? Was no, it the first time? That was our first time. It's been what, three years since they've done it. Right. That was our first uh first time going. Um I you know, I didn't love the setup. Um very switching dis- back and forth. Yes. Was, yeah. I didn't I didn't love that part of it. Um I had a great time. It was you know, it was a, we got to talk you know, look, we a lot of people a lot of people get to live right there in St. Louis and, and within 30 minutes of St. Louis and in the ballpark and have all those opportunities to meet guys and run into guys and get autographs from guys. We live four hours away now. At the closest I live, two and a half hours away. You know, Kyle probably closest at two hours away or so at different times in our lives. But to be able to have interaction with those guys in that um that like lacks of an environment is rare, right? Like, cause whenever you t- have a chance with someone sign an autograph at the field or in like, when we go to Cincinnati where you have better access to the guys as, as a road team, you know, you don't really get that interaction to be able to have a conversation or just, you know, say a few things. So I, that's what I felt was the, the coolest part about it was actually having a little chit chat with each guy um, and just, you know, thanking them and like, and just having that, that opportunity, if that makes sense at all. You know, when we when we got there, or at least online coming in, you know, I was a little nervous because all of the people who have been there for years and years and years were saying, oh, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. And they've ruined winter warm up. And man, it just was not that way to me at all. It was an enjoyable experience. You got the opportunity to sit and listen to the owners talk to the the GM talk, you got to to be around Cardinal fans and Cardinal baseball. Yeah, switching between venues was a little odd, and and, and that's surely something that can be figured out uh, to to go through one point of entry, even if you have to cross the street to Ballpark Village. Uh, you're not coming 
back with a bomb in that quick amount of time. So surely <laughs> to goodness, they can figure out how to get you from one place to the next uh, for next year's event. But uh, all in all, just uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised and look forward to going back again. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Um, I'm curious to know, you know, you, so I just came up for the day Saturday and, and did the full day with my daughter who's 12. Uh, she'll be 13 in July and um, she loved it. We, we both really enjoyed it. Um, I think my favorite part probably was the, uh, the dugout and the clubhouse tour. That was really, really cool. Cause I've never been down there. I know it's the only time that they open up the clubhouse for, for fans to go down there and see that. And they, and they did some cool stuff. You know, they rearranged the lockers and had Yachty and, uh, Albert's locker next to each other. And you could take a picture in front of it, which I thought was really cool. Um, so the fanfare with it, I thought was great. I agree on the switching back and forth, especially going over to Bush. Pretty cold that day, especially the morning that, that I got there Saturday. It was, uh, we got there right at nine when it started, and it was it was pretty chilly, uh, switching over there. But I thought the clubhouse tour was really cool. Um, yeah, and then, the, you know, I don't know, and and maybe you guys can chime in because you you did the whole three day thing. Do you think it's a full three day event? Because I feel like in terms of the tour, um, the things that they had on sale, the auction, like all that stuff, like seeing that really only took that one day for me Saturday, but yeah. it seemed like the big draw was, you know, at Bally sports live on the stage and some of those other, you know, sections in there, the bars that they had having some of those live Q and A's that I know were different each day. You had Gersh, you had Mo, you had uh Wayno, you had um, the first day I was there the morning I was there, they had the writers. So we right. saw Katie Wu, Jeff Jones, Derek Gould, and all those guys did a panel and talked with uh, Jennifer Langosh and, that was really cool. I thought that was really cool, but it seemed like stretching it to three days, if you were going to come to all three, it was really, if you wanted to take in probably some of those live Q and a portions and things. Right. Well, I think, um, and the autographs, of course. Right. I think according to other people that have been there many years in the, and previously that it was missing a lot of vendors compared Interesting. to years before. So like when we went to the all-star game and all-star week of festivities in 2009, it, there was stuff everywhere um from at the dome to convention center to like we walked and there was just vendors and vendors and vendors of all kinds of stuff everywhere there was a you know um like kids stuff to play in there you know just all kinds of events so i think it was lacking a lot of those things that you would to kill time to do other things like and i think that's a lot of places that are usually there didn't show up because i don't know cost maybe they charged more uh, than they had previously maybe there wasn't enough space compared to previous years because it's usually in a hotel convention center um so i think it's just different than what it was years past so i don't know if that's why it yes it could have been you could have done it in two days absolutely if you were if it wasn't all about just uh the autographs because i think the autograph line went really well even whenever you had multiple um we did uh, Kyle and I did for uh, Goldschmidt and um, Kyle. Um, no one. No, the same time. This All signing right. was at the same time. Oh, um, um, uh, Joe McEwen. Little Mac. Joe McEwen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe oh, McEwen and, and Goldie. Coach, yeah. yeah, was at the exact same time. Well, Goldie's line was 300 people total, right. and Joe McEwen's was 100 and something. So, like, we were able to go through the Goldie line and then come back and be able to get what we needed with Joe McEwen. So, like, even the line stuff, I only – thing i heard bad about lines was adam wainwright uh because adam is so good with fans he took a long time with every single fan and he ran it went over i think like an hour longer wow. than he was supposed to i so bet then, the fans appreciated that though then it went way longer 
everything else got moved back. Rick Ankiel was an hour later. Kind of pushed stuff back. Yeah, yeah. so I think that was the – then he was supposed to do the Q&A that we got to talk uh, with uh, Horton. Ricky Horton did with him. That got pushed back because everything just kind of got messed up. Um, So so Kyle and I met Adam Wainwright um, for a signing for his charity – last year i don't remember sometime last year and i didn't have any i didn't have anything good to say i didn't think of anything to ask him i didn't have anything i just told him good luck this year my wife makes fun of me every single time that i talk to someone now uh, a player and i don't have anything to say so now every time i meet someone i always have a question i always have something prepared something to have a conversation with because adam wainwright who spends all this awesome time with his fans i didn't use any of that time and just got his autograph so from now on, I, I use my opportunities in front of me. What did you ask Tommy? What did I ask Tommy? I told Tommy that um, he should have won the gold glove at I all d- three I did positions. did the same thing. Yeah. Well, I said for sure at shortstop. Yeah. And um, I told him we had a podcast. Love for him to come on. Gave him a business yep. card. Told him to please come on the show. Uh, we we talked. We just had a couple little things back and forth. Uh, he like, seems like a good dude. He was really nice. He oh I showed him I showed him my. My hoodie. Yeah, the Tommy Tom- two bags said, there. Said, Breaking tea. I said, "Hey, Tommy, um, I'll grab it." I said, "Hey, Tommy, can you sign my my jersey, Tommy two bags?" And he goes, "You want me just to write Tommy two bags?" I said, "No, no, no, no. I want you to sign it. <laughs> sign your name and first, then write Tommy two bags." I said, "Look, I got your hoodie on." And he goes, "Oh, that's awesome. Now you talk. I can pull up the jersey." Well, Josh, I, I have to say, I'll, I'll point this out: the side hustle Ryan does for this podcast <laughs> is unbelievable. No, uh, I know. I, yeah. I mean, he every autographed line he gets in, he is passing out a business card. You know, fans can only go into the clubhouse one day a year, one well, three days a year, and that is on winter warm up weekend. When all of the Cardinal players return to the clubhouse <laughs> in St. Louis and they open up their little locker box, do you know what they're going to find? <laughs> they're going to That's find a, a business podcast, card man. invite to the That's a Winner podcast. That's right. That's right. Um, and one last story, uh, sitting with this guy, the most embarrassing moment I've had at Bush Oh, Stadium. come on. That's not embarrassing. <laughs> what, that what's not that embarrassing. winter warm-up? The, the supposed, to, supposed to be final question of the DeWitts no, on stage? Let me tell this then. No, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to talk <laughs> bad about them. Look, what is what everyone says about media? Good, bad, or ugly, what everyone says, not just your team, not just the Cardinals, not just wherever. Everyone always says they're too, too easy. Soft. They're too Softball soft. They're questions. too easy on them because they have to work with these people every single day, yeah. right? You got to keep good relationships. You have, and I understand that as you know, someone that has been in the media before. I understand. Here it comes. You have to be able to do that. So they ask that we have a Q and A with the Dewitts, both Dewitts, Dewitt Junior and Third, sitting up on there with a lady, local news lady, doing the Q and A. And I want to ask things that people that we talk to on Twitter every single day, ask about, like, ask this, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? And the question, all the questions I came up with weren't, like, very nice, okay? They weren't, and I told Kyle that we're sitting there, and he's <laughs> like, you're going to ask a question. I'm like, I don't have anything, like, really, like, fluffy, nice to ask. Um, I just want, you know, I just, I was going to ask, you know, uh, why they didn't get into the, the free agent market and that right. sort of thing, you know, Pitching and, and, and the first thing they said was about that. So that didn't need to be asked. Took that off. They knew so, that was going to get asked. So I was, uh, you know, yeah, they knew it was going to be asked. So I kept in my head how I could ask a question nicely and um, very short, like not to be, I hate when people ask questions and it's a really long and question. And then his hand went up. Yeah, then my hand goes up. <laughs> 
And Kyle goes, oh, you're going to ask something? Yeah, I'm going to ask it. And then they brought the microphone over, and I said, Mr. Uh, DeWitt, uh, this is more about you guys than the team. I was wondering, and then what's your guys' plan going forward in the next five, ten years? Is it, you know, does that mean you have a plan in place to either succeed Mr. DeWitt Jr. or plan to sell the team? I thought that was a very question that everyone wants to know. Yeah, it's talked about all the time since Shannon, Mike Shannon threw that out there a couple years ago. A couple years ago, Mike Shannon said he had heard the team was for sale. And And they shot it down pretty quick, to be fair. uh, Yes, uh, the Shannon part, yes. So Bill DeWitt III says, boy, that was direct. (laughs) And, And everyone chuckled. And he says, you know, as long as dad is healthy and sharp, there's no plans in place. It's status quo. Now, did I expect any different answer? No, not really, um, unless, you know, they already had a succession plan. Like, you know, I will take over at some point. We don't know when that is. Like, that could have been the yeah. answer. It's uh, not like Art Moreno with the Angels this week where he's like, actually, I'm not going to. Right. And he changed his mind. And there I, was no, no news like that. Right. With they didn't want to break any news there. So they, there could be a succession plan in place, and they didn't want to just put that out there right then. I didn't expect much of a difference, but I, I think that people – those are questions that people have every single day. We see that every, on Twitter. Like, um, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Oh, it's, it's, he was there. He asked the question right before me. Oh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Um, and he asked about red jerseys, if we're ever going to use the red jerseys. Uh, and he said, actually, uh, Bill DeWitt, uh, the third said, actually, we're going to do the City Connect, and then there's going to be some red. Oh, it was another Twitter? Yeah. Was it Quinn? Quinn, yes, Quinn SC, there you yeah. go. yes, Quinn. So someone he he tweets out, "Hey, I just asked this question," and someone tweeted, "Hey, you should ask him if they're, they're going to sell, sell the yeah. team." And he goes, "Someone just asked that question." <laughs> like that's literally a question that people ask every single day on Twitter. What is the plan going forward? Bill Dewitt is eighty. Bill he's Dewitt not, Jr. Yeah. Eighty Stop something there. years old. He's not old. getting younger. He's eighty something years old. So. I think that's a very important question as fans. Five to ten years is still a long time in this sports bubble. Like five to ten years from now, you know, the guys on this team, there may be just a couple left, right? Yeah. So, like, it's it's a, it's a big difference in that bubble. But right now, I thought it was let, a good question. Let me read, go ahead, let me, let me read. Let me go trace my ahead. steps just a little bit. <laughs> it was the fact that I was sitting right next to you, that I was associated with you, and then <laughs> – the guy that you're talking about being senile or dead is no. there in the <laughs> present, and it sounds like you're saying when he becomes senile and dead, what are you doing with the team? No, that's <laughs> the what his poor guy's said. right there. Well, you know but what? Hey, it is a valid question. I'll give you that. Well, you know what? I don't think Bill DeWitt Jr. heard the question because I think after the question, he goes, what did he say? <laughs> and then, then I think the third then said, Oh, nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, when we saw him a couple of years ago after the, the franchise record That's 15th right. win at, at Wrigley, outside of Wrigley, we saw him That's walking right. out and leaving. Uh, we I had to yell. We had to yell at him about eight times. We were trying to tell him to sign Trevor's story, and thankfully, he did not hear that. I that's I forgot about that story. Yes, we outside of Wrigley after we broke the record of the most wins in a row, and we it was see, fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think it was number. It. I think it was fifteen, and yeah. Bill Dewitt. Junior was outside, and I said, "Hey, hey, Mr. Dewitt!" And he waves, and I said, "We need to sign a shortstop." And he goes, "Huh?" I said, "We need to sign a shortstop story, huh?" Trevor's story, and he goes, "Like, so I don't even heard me then either." You know, I forgot about that story. Yeah, but but hey, let me let me wrap this conversation on a positive note. The question was valid, 
and we have been very blessed to have the DeWitts as the owners of the Cardinals. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I and I I didn't ask that in, with any malicious t- intent right. that I don't I want you to sell the team. It's like we've had one losing season in the last twenty some odd years. Yeah. What are the plans going forward? Because I want that to continue. So if you have something in place, you know we would we're as fans we're worried what's next. Right? Does that mean that we have a terrible owner like in Cincinnati or in, in Anaheim, or is Mister Dewitt? The third going to take over and his plan and be like Steve Cohen and he wants to spend more. Right. But he may not be into it. But I feel like in the last two years, do it. The third has been around a lot more on stage, a lot yeah. more front facing a lot more than than we have seen in the past. seems like he's still got a lot invested in it overall, because I know he's largely in charge of kind of the phases of ballpark village right we, we right. heard we heard him talk about that uh when we went to we went to bloggers day this past yes. year um so yeah i i could see that playing on there to wrap up winter warm-up i did want to say I, I noticed and i meant to send some links to you guys i don't know if you saw it but as a part of this there was um or there were uh media moments where the players uh had some media time you know, yes. and, and a lot of those were recorded. A lot of those, uh, Charlie Marlowe, actually, um, at Charlie Marlowe Marlo underscore with 590 the fan. And he's on Hot Take Central with, with those guys. But he had a lot of YouTube videos of those full. Kyle Reese as well helped. They, they had a lot of full interviews with players. Jack, um, uh, Wayno, Wilson Contreras, I mean, Tommy, a lot of these guys. There was a few nuggets in there that I thought were really interesting that I wanted to bring up really quick. Uh, Wayno and Contreras specifically in their two, and these were all like probably like 15-minute things, segments, right, where reporters were just asking questions. Uh, Wayno and uh, Wilson Contreras actually had a lot of positive things to say about uh, new pitching coach Dusty Blake. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this to you. They, they had a lot of high praise for him. The guy's only 40, uh, obviously taking over for, for Mike Maddox. Wainwright mentioned that, you know, when he first met him, he kind of thought, oh, he's a young guy. He's more about the analytics stuff. He said, but the more I got to know Dusty and the more I got to talk with him, he knows his stuff, and he's really well invested to it. And so Wayne Wayno talked about actually working with him on correcting the dead arm thing right. and his mechanics and what was wrong with that and how they just – he really – Wainwright was saying he really he, – he hated not being on the mound at the end of the year because he really felt like he had, he had figured it out. And he credited Dusty a lot with that. So I thought that, I thought that was encouraging. Uh, Wilson Contreras – didn't even get asked about Dusty. He got asked a question about some of the pitchers, and he he brought up Dusty on his own and said, you know, I reached out to, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said I reached out to Dusty about the pitching staff and just said generally, hey, can you can you just give me some stuff on these guys, you know, that I want to know and, and things that will help me kind of get to know them. And he said that Dusty went above and beyond um, just, you know, data, you know, points of what he needs to know about the staff and things. So he, you know, Wilson had a lot of high praise about him as well. So I thought that was really encouraging because, you know, that's a hole to fill with Mike Maddox. Uh, and then the other big thing that, that I enjoyed hearing actually was Jack's, uh, yeah. his conference, his little press conference, about 15 minutes or so. He got asked some, candidly, he actually got asked some pretty pointed questions about health and all that stuff. And, um, and yeah, and he talked about this season. And, yeah, you know, you, he doesn't know what's going to be after this, but – he said he's never wanted to win so bad, and it's just on him at this point. He's got to stay healthy, right? But he actually got choked up talking about Wayno. 
Right. He talked about Adam Wainwright, talked about it being his last season, and he, and he talked about how it left a bitter taste in his mouth that he wasn't out there every fifth day with Yachty. You know, I mean, he was watching, obviously, but not to be out there with him in his last season. He hated that. So, um, but he got choked up to the point where, I mean, he had some tears um, just talking about the impact that Wainwright's made on his life on and off the field and how he's took, taken him under his wing. So it looks like Jack's focused. It looks like he's actually finally healthy. Uh, and, boy, if he is, I mean, this team could be really, really good. If he's, if he's half to 75% of what he was in 2019 – and look, the way if you remember the way 2021 started off, I mean, the guy started off 8-0. Right. He was on his way to probably starting the All-Star game. Absolutely. And then had that freak oblique injury. So I think if, he, if he's there, this is going to be a big season for him and for the, the team's going to need him. And he needs a big season for himself. Yeah, for it's a walk year. Yeah, to be able to get a good contract somewhere. Um, all, I, I think all those things were different perspectives that we – usually don't get to see, um, and I think guys are a lot more candid because it's the off season. There's not yeah. a lot of coach speak or player speak where they're kind of saying the BS things one day at a time and all those types of things. I think guys are uh, excited. People ask me on Twitter and some negative groups that I'm in of people talking about things of, you know, they're, this team's not very good and all those things, and I said, you know, I don't see the negativity. These guys, to me, in the conversations I had with, you know, them and different and listening to everyone on all the press conferences and their Q and A's like everyone's excited, ready for the season and expect big things. And they know that it hinges on the, on the, on the pitching staff, but they're excited to get out after it. And they think that they can be a really, really good team. And I think that if players play up to their potential, then absolutely it can be a really good team. Uh, switch gears a little bit on, because of the winter warmup, they talked about, the expansion of Ballpark Village. That was a question asked in the, oh, yeah. in the DeWitt's Q&A. So they talked about wanting to add another apartment tower to Ballpark Village. Now, I don't know exactly where it would go. They just He just said the three surface lots behind Ballpark Village currently would sit in one of those areas. They would also like to do a corporate headquarters, um, but the it's the it's soft right now for that, obviously. So those fly balls are going to die even more now, huh? Well, right. So when are we moving the fences? When, yeah, all that type of thing to ask. You know, is that a big deal to you? Do you care about that? Um, what I see a lot of whenever I put that out there to me, that's exciting, right? Whenever I think of like, I couldn't wait for Ballpark Village. I couldn't wait for um, all growth. I love changing of landscapes, changing of of buildings, and adding all that, that those sort of things. So, does that matter to you guys? Because I just got a lot of negative feedback on Twitter that was. Oh, they can spend money there, but not on the roster. Oh, they, they this is where they took the the money and for the roster and they put it in. They're put into this. Like, does that matter to you guys? Does is that important to you, uh, Ballpark Village, and expanding that, or do you see it as them wasting money that they could be spending on a, on the roster? Well, hopefully, it, hopefully it turns into a, a a situation that increases more profit with a high, high upfront cost. Hopefully, right. it's a situation where the towers both sell out; they're making that income on rent, and and then they can invest that money into the team. Uh, I do get the point, though, about it seems when ballpark village phases were happening that maybe we weren't spending the money on the team, and that makes a lot of sense. The only thing that I would criticize of that, I guess, if I was going to criticize it, and I don't really think that I, I am, I'm kind of neutral on it, um, is a corporate headquarters and an apartment tower doesn't do me any good personally as a fan. Uh, that's nothing else that I can go and and enjoy when I'm at the ballpark. 
uh, unless I decide to move to St. Louis one of these days. But but other than that, uh, I, I have no problem with it. I, I think it is exciting to see growth and development no matter where it's happening. Um, you just certainly hope it doesn't impact the wallet and the spending that they can do on the big league club. Well, I think that also means new retail at the bottom, though, too. Like we got salt and smoke out of uh, that big tower, obviously, for the residential part of it. I think new buildings also come with residential with retail and restaurants, which I think, you know, obviously in the business sense of it, that you try and get as many people there all the time in that area to yeah. live there, to sure. to have all that. So then all those things can survive because let's not forget that this is 81 days out of the year that there are people there, right? Uh, yeah. That are, there are people going into ballpark village and, and living in. So you have to do more all the time. I look at it as, as it's good going forward that there, that it's growth because the city of St. Louis needs that. And, and I understand. It's good to see it coming out of COVID too. Well, absolutely. You, you, and you want in the, the tower was sold out initially. Uh, Mr. DeWitt said it's 95% full right now. I think it's 15 units or something or, or not. And he said it's always full in the summer for some reason. He was being funny. Um, but, you know, I wanted to go on a tour. We didn't have time to go on a tour of Cardinal Way, whatever, one Cardinal Way. Uh, but I think that's good. I, I like to see it. I would I would like to see them get rid of the someone buy the parking lot, the parking garage in dead center field and do stuff with it. And someone else was on Twitter talking about in the Millennium Hotel, get rid of that and all the issues that come from that. As well. right. I, I like all of that. I think that means that, like Kyle said, there's more revenue to come. There's more things coming in. Um, so if they can make more money, then that gives them more opportunity to make more than just on baseball uh, because that's what it's all about. If they can become more billionaires, then, then maybe they'll have more billions to be able to spend on a team. Right. But I, I do get the fan side of it of, okay, well, the money's going here. Or the, one, is the money going there instead of the team? Two, if they start getting high revenues and income off of that, will they actually turn around and spend it back on the team? Or will they, for example, and I don't know how much of the weeds we want to get on this, or will they just pocket that money because of what they're about to lose from the Sinclair Broadcast Group mess that that's going on with you know the, the RSNs and, and the tanking of all that? And there's an article that came out tonight that we saw before going on from um, David O'Brien, who I believe is with the, he's with the athletic. And he mentioned the Cardinals specifically with all that, that, you know, the Cardinals are going to be a team uh, that was mentioned in the article. There's um, a franchise likely to take one of the hardest blows because from look, revenue. And I've been talking, we've been talking about this for a while, for yeah. two months and no one else has been really on it except Jeff Jones with the Belleville uh, Democrat. He's the only one that has had any conversation, and I, and I asked him that question on this podcast, and I didn't know if he would even have an answer. Like, I didn't know if he'd be educated enough to even want to comment. Like, not saying he wouldn't be educated, but, like, if he had It's any, a big mess. It's hard to even—even even reading it, I'm like, what does this exactly mean? Right, and the, the point is, like, this is a huge deal. Yeah. And I worried two months ago, three months ago, four months ago about the bankruptcy that could be happening— that the Cardinals wouldn't spend the money because we're talking about $700 million less income that wouldn't be coming. Like, if I told you, hey, you're going to have, okay, you let's say you make $100,000. You're going to have uh, $20,000 in income this year instead. Are you going to change your habits? Yes, right? That's Probably like so, yeah. right. That's going to be the difference in, in how this goes. And it's not like it's an easy, like, well, we can just take it over and, and do it. Yes, the Cardinals probably are going to have to do that, or the Major League Baseball, or NBA and NHL. They all are through these networks. Valley Sports, I think, is 19 of the 30 MLB teams have it, something like that. 
NHL is the similar number. NBA is the similar number. They're all going to have to – something's going to have to happen for all yeah. of these to take over. But it can't happen overnight. Like, to be able to outfit cameras and studios and uh, production trucks and all Paying those things. the employees that we talked about. Yeah, know. like, all that doesn't happen overnight. Kyle probably knows that better than anyone because he works mobily doing um, broadcasting for basketball games. Like, like that right there, like, the systems and planning that goes into it, they can't just go – well, we're just we'll gonna, just take it over. We're, we're going to take it over today. Let's get, like, let's get a couple cameras and just go go down the field. Right, and <laughs> it's a huge investment as well. You talk about money. Well, yeah, they can get that money back because they're the ones running it, and they're the ones with all the money coming into directly to them. But how much money is it going to cost to get all those high def cameras? How much money are they going to have to invest in it? Then you're talking about well, then you're taking I don't know, Kyle. What do you think? Fifty million dollars to outfit a, whole, a brand new everything. Well, guess what? That's going to cost more money to not be able to possibly pay players because you thought you were going to bring in $700 million. Instead, now you're going to pay out $50 million right. to outfit your new you know, streaming service. Well, hopefully there, there's a situation here where there's, I, I, I would guess, some sort of liquidation process. But what hasn't gone right with Sinclair and, and the whole Valley Sports scenario? I mean, you would hope that, okay, we're defaulting on this billions of dollars deal. So, you know, what what is the court system going to do in bankruptcy court when we go through all this? And hopefully some of that is is to do with, you know, okay, all the equipment that you own that you now can sell, you're going to give to the the creditors, the people that you owe the money to. So hopefully there is something like that. Perhaps Bally can, uh, Sinclair can, can come out of this with a, a sale of their own, but nobody's going to pay what they paid for it. Um, they got too greedy and tried to get too big, too quick, and it fell apart on them. And, and it, butt, it, yeah, yeah it, it's just one of those situations that sometimes bad things happen to, to people who do kind of bad things. And, and unfortunately, that's uh, where we're at. Uh, and, and from a Cardinal perspective, you know, look, I think the thing of it is, there's going to be a mega TV deal. There's going to be a payout at the end of the day. Is it going to be the payout that the Valley Sports was supposed to get them? Maybe not. But the TV rights aren't going away. They're going to be there. The money for it is going to be there. How and from whom it comes may change. Uh, but but to a certain extent, you know, I, I get and I understand the concern on on what is going to happen short term with the Cardinals when this deal ultimately, if it does fall in, falls in. Uh, but but I think at the long term, it's going to come back in some form, and, and and the Cardinals should be able to hopefully withstand that storm, similarly to how they withstood a season without fans in the ballpark because of COVID. Right. Well, well let me let me say this part. People like to hate on the Duets, right? So if you do not believe they are good business people, or you do not believe that they are good at running a baseball team, then do you trust them? to do this properly as well. I'm not saying I'm one of those people, but I'm saying if you talk negatively all the time about them, why all of a sudden do you believe that they would do this properly? Right? It's part of my thoughts on it. I yeah. tweeted this earlier today through the That's Winter Podcast page at That's Winter Pod. Um, if they get this exactly right, right? If, we, if they can do this perfectly right, it could be a much larger revenue stream than, even the, more money, yeah. than the Bally deal, right? You do it right, it can even, you can make more money because you're taking over all the control, all the money's coming back to you. But get it wrong, they will lose viewership, attendance, 
and then bring in less money. So there's there is it's going to happen, like Kyle said. It's going to happen in some version, whether that's a different company takes over, whether MLB takes over, whether the Cardinals takes over their actual streaming. But if you do it wrong, what's happening right now, like where I am in Indianapolis, I can't watch the Indiana Pacers because no one can get that channel. Yeah. Well, what does that do that makes people care less? People are having the same issues in St. Louis because they can't watch the game locally. Well, if you do not fix these blackouts and you do not fix these issues with the regional sports networks, you're going to have less viewership. You're going to have less viewership. You're going to have less attendance. You're going to have less people caring. You're going to make less money. So the importance of the of the DeWitts and MLB getting it right, not just for the Cardinals, but for all 30 yeah. or all 20. NBA, I mean, NHL, I mean, this is these, affecting a lot, of, a lot of sports. Like people are watching these games less in regionals regionally than ever before because they can't get Bally sports. Like, yeah. how dumb the, is the that? The Blues are Bally as well, right? Yes, the Blues are Bally as well. So people are not able to watch their product, so what do they do? They care less. They don't yeah. pay attention as much. Then you don't go to games, and then the Cardinals thrive on attendance. So if you can't get people butts in the seats, they're not making money. And yeah. if, if the people aren't watching, they're not making money either because then there's no deal there either. So that's where my two cents is on – on that part of it, if you want, if you want, you want to add to that, or you want to transition to Bally Sports. Is I was going to say, I, th- I think the problem, I think the problem with this is there's so many layers, right? Because we talk about yes. the Cardinals getting right. Well, it's not just their decision, Absolutely. right? MLB is going to have a lot of say on this. There's two things I wanted to pull real quick from this article that that we all saw tonight. It actually came out yesterday from Dan- uh, Daniel Frankel with Next TV, uh, NextTV.com. Uh, so why is this such a big deal? What, what's the mess this in? So essentially, Bloom Bloomberg reported yesterday wednesday that diamond sports group which is the subsidiary that manages sinclair broadcast group uh that they're going to essentially have to skip their mid-february 140 million interest only payment that's servicing around eight point yeah 8.6 billion in debt as it (laughs) prepares for chapter 11 restructuring so that's the mess that they're in um what he's suggesting here that's most likely to happen is uh and this is from from bloomsburg it says under restructuring plan uh describe unnamed inside sources debt would be turned into equity and diamond's largest creditors uh prudential financial fidelity a bunch of names you don't care about <laughs> they would become owners of the Bally sports rsns um so essentially he's saying that that the latter part of this seems to happen it's either it's either one or all of diamond's pro league partners which is you know nba nhl mlb would either have to step in and assume ownership stake or the RSN operator would have to restructure, which is what this article is saying is, is most likely appears to be happening is a restructuring. So uh, like you said, Kyle, either way, it's not going to get lost. These teams are going to lose it. They're, they're, they're still going to get, you know, they're still going to get that revenue. They're still going to still have a control of their TV broadcast, but how it happens, when it happens, if it, if it's success, successful in that, in that transfer, it's going right. it, to, it's, it's going to be a mess. It's a short term issue yeah. right but that also comes to the short term of why maybe the cardinals didn't spend 30 or 40 million dollars in the offseason right? right it's a short-term issue that can last they want to have years. resolve maybe before or it could just be this who they are i mean they, you know they, they've been operating this well, way for like 10 years now that's true too but <laughs> it's it's a it's an issue that could last a couple of years because if they take it over it's going to take some while to get that type of money back that's why they sold it out because it's easier for someone else to come and say i'm going to give you 700 million and we worry about it instead of you having to take on all of that i mean kyle i mean would you sign up to go you could go and uh do some cardinal stuff right 
Well, I, I thought they were going to call when they hired Chip Carey, but nobody called. So uh, here I am. Gosh darn it! Home yeah. in the basement. I think, yeah. I think it's. I think you have to put in a resume. I think before someone just calls. You got to so, be kidding. Chip yeah. Carey did not send in a resume. I don't I, care what I, you I think. Chip Carey did I not. Send in a resume. I guarantee someone called. <laughs> someone said, "Hey, Chip is interested." If no one called and said, "Hey, Kyle Peach is interested," then that's on you. So let's transition over to yes. Chip Carey. Let's talk about Chip. So. Uh, how oh, we're, we're almost an hour in. I, we didn't leave much time for your little chip. But so Harry Carey, if you didn't know, spent more seasons with the St. Louis Cardinals than he did any other franchise. A lot of Holy people didn't know that. Holy cow. A lot of people didn't know that. Harry Carey was fired by the St. Louis Cardinals because he was sleeping with the owner's wife. Alleged, Yikes. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. Let me make sure we add allegedly. that. Add that in. Supposedly. Okay. Chip uh, was born. As the is the grandson of Harry Carey, he was born in St. Louis, went to high school in St. Louis. I remember him as a kid being the Cubs commentator, which makes me go ick immediately. That I when I hear his voice, I think of early two thousands uh, Cubs um, watching on WGM when they played the Cardinals. That's my initial thought when I think of Chip Carey, even though even though he's been with the Braves now since like two thousand five or something like that. He's been with them for a lot longer, but I don't I don't hear that broadcast like I did hearing uh, the Cubs broadcast when I was a teenager. Right. How do we feel? So, obviously, Dan McLaughlin is no longer with the St. Louis Cardinals. I'll ask two parts of this question. One, are we happy with Chip Carey? Do you wish it was Aaron Goldsmith, who was reported as uh, the lead possibly to get this job? And three, does because it is a lateral move within Valley Sports, does this leave an opening for Dan McLaughlin to come back is that I've one of seen the some of that chatter. Yeah. So th- let me just I'll put those that those to you three, uh, you, those three to you two, and let you guys give me what you think on those. Well, I'll start. Uh, I I wasn't super happy about it. I mean, I'm not throwing a fit, mad, but I didn't think it was great. And I think so. It, I I said this, I said this on Twitter, and I said it, if it feels like picking Chip Carey as the next broadcaster was it, it feels to me kind of like it felt when we picked Mike Matheny as the next manager in 2012. Now the reason that I say that is because not because of the experience, obviously Chip's got a ton of experience. That's the difference here. Mike, you know, Matheny had no experience, right. but it just feels vanilla a little bit. I do like, obviously these got the St. Louis background, St. Louis ties. You know, they, they said that uh, DeWitt said that at winter warmup, somebody right. asked a question about, you know, the, the next broadcaster having, uh, St. Louis ties, and they said, "Yeah, that, that you know that's gonna that's gonna weigh into it." Um, but it just felt it felt like a safe kind of vanilla kind of bet, and and not to say that he's a bad broadcaster. I don't think he is. I've listened to his clips. Got he's got the voice, got a good voice. But for me, why I don't like it, I hear his voice. I think Braves, and I don't hate. And the you Braves. grew and you grew up in that market. Yes, so I grew up different. in I grew up yes. in Arkansas near Memphis. So like. Braves and Cardinals. Those were the games yeah. we got. You're either Braves or Cardinals fan. That, those were the countries it was in. And I don't hate the Braves, but I got a lot of friends that are Braves fans that annoy the crap out of me. And I can tell you that I got several tweets from them last night. Have fun. Right. You know, best best move Car- Braves made all offseason. Like, like they just, they, they, and I think to some degree that can speak 
volumes a little bit. And I know that some teams fans can get a little jaded when you've had a guy, what, he's been there 20 something years yeah. with the Braves. Well, like, people said the same about Dan McLaughlin. Thank goodness he's gone. He was terrible. And and I think Dan McLaughlin was is one of the he was best. Great. Yeah. One of the best in, in baseball. So But I think I think for me, the reason I like the idea of Goldsmith, now to be fair, I never I I didn't even know his name. I didn't same. know who Aaron Goldsmith was. I had to look him up. Now when I heard the voice it, it, it hit me that I've heard him before because I've, you know, us just watching baseball and hearing calls and walk-offs and stuff. I, I've heard his voice before. Uh, very excited, very high energy, gets pumped up. I like that, which sometimes can be a little annoying, but I like that he's younger. I mean, right. he's only 39. He's sure. got 10 years of experience. He's been with the Mariners, I think, for about 10 years. But he's only 39, also a St. Louis native, I believe, grew up in that area. I just think it would have been cool to do something a little different, a little younger, and and who knows if Goldsmith actually – pulled out i mean they might have let him know like hey we're giving this a chip and and you can say you pulled out kind of thing but um i don't love it i don't hate it but i don't i don't love it do you think it opens up to leave bring dan back i don't know i I get the the, booth three-man booth next season i get the idea of that because it's lateral right because chips come in uh atlanta's that's another valley rsn Mm -hmm. right so i i get the idea of that um man if that happens though i I don't think it's gonna be anytime soon yeah i mean do you I don't. I, I, I think you you hire Aaron Goldsmith. No, it does not happen. Yeah. Like he because he, he's he so is, much younger. He, he would be your guy. You're with him for a while. He's your 25, 30 year guy. Like that would be the goal of that would be. And to me, Aaron Goldsmith was 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 fine. Was good. I thought he was over the top for me. Um, but I think you would have learned to love him, right? And I think that would be the case. Now, um, Chip Carey is fifty some odd years, fifty eight, fifty nine years old. I think. So he's ten years older than than Dan McLaughlin. So to me, it says uh, a couple of years. That could be a two man booth on that side, like they do on the radio side, right. and have a color guy type deal going on. And then you have two really good guys. I think Chip Carey is a is a professional. Like when oh, I hear yeah. when I hear his voice, no argument in that. When I hear his voice, I think I am listening to baseball, and I and it's professional. I expect to hear good calls. So I think I think it's possible. I don't know, Kyle. What do you what do you think? Well, you know, I, I was, first of all, surprised that Chip Carey was the second name because being as old as he is and as long-term to, into Atlanta as he had been, you wouldn't have expected him to, to even consider making that move. Um, is is he my preferred choice? I don't know. The, the, my preferred choice, honestly, is Dan McLaughlin. Uh, that's my preferred <laughs> yeah. choice. Um, and, and I would go to bat for him for forever. Uh, but obviously he made a mistake. He decided to step away and, uh, you know, can't fault him for that either. Um, you know, second choice would have been Joe Buck. Then it would have been Bob Costas. And then, you know, who knows who. Uh, so, you know, I guess I come away with it thinking my first reaction, and I text this to Ryan, oh, a cub, you know, right, with, right. The, with the carry name. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, the St. Louis ties are there. He's a professional broadcaster, good delivery, great voice, excitement in the voice, and uh, give him a shot, see what it goes. Will Dan McLaughlin come back? I I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be a bit. I think if he does, maybe it's more on the radio side initially. Uh, he did do some radio on KMOX, so uh, you know maybe maybe that's the the next move back. Maybe it becomes kind of a shared rotational deal that it kind of had become late in the season with Dan sliding in to do some radio late last year. Um, gosh, I would love for that to happen. Uh, how soon it's going to happen, I'm not sure, but uh, Chip is going to be the. Bo- going to be the guy so uh gotta gotta follow find a way to fall in love with him and, and i'm sure cardinal fans will as the season goes on provided 
he has an outlet with which to broadcast on. <laughs> yes, it's right. Important. Yeah, I, I do think what the the bummer of this all, right, is one nobody wanted. I don't think anybody wanted Danny Mac to not be doing this, right? And just to see over the last couple of years, kind of the chemistry that he and, and BT have formed. Sure. Brad Thompson has been really good, like really good in the booth. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if that chemistry can 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 bond there. Sure. With with he and Chip, and I'm sure BT likes the pick, and I'm sure he's he's excited about it and has a lot of respect for him. Uh, but that's another thing I thought about too with Goldsmith, because you know you would have had, and maybe that was part of the Cardinals' worry, is you you would have had two pretty young guys in the booth calling games. Now Goldsmith again, he's he's been doing that with the Mariners for, you know, t- he's been doing it for a decade. Right. I mean, he got radio, hired at 29, which is, yeah, yeah, he's been doing it for a while, not so much on the TV side, but. Maybe that was part of it. I think it would have been cool to see kind of two younger guys kind of go into it together and build chemistry. And But I, I think the idea, you know, of Chip, he is a little bit older, but it does seem like something, too, that these guys, there's not a lot of turnover in these kind of jobs. Like right. These guys want to do this for a while. And if, if, if you're out, it's either because you did something egregious, like Danny Mac did. You made a, a really bad decision uh, outside of the game, you know, that, that cost you your job. Or... Um, in Chip's case, or you know Vince Scully and others, you, you get to go as long as you want until you're ready to retire. Right. So it'll be interesting with Chip to see, like you said, if they, whether it's Danny Mac or they bring someone else in later, maybe that's a little bit younger that they want to kind of raise up that maybe mentors under Chip for a while, and he kind of phases out in a few years after that. I'm not sure. We don't know those conversations, right? We don't know because none of us, nobody knew it was Chip until it was announced it was Chip. We right. didn't. Nobody even knew that they were talking. There was about. only one guy listed for the final two. Yeah, and we didn't even know the other one was. There. Yeah. So I'm curious what they said in the interview that because at the end of the day, I mean, you're you're leaving the Braves after 20 seasons, and the Braves just won the World Series a couple of years ago. They're going to be right back there again, probably the next five. They've locked up every young great player they have for like the next 10 years so they're going to be a really good team too you know yeah i don't i personally i mean if you want my negative part of it i think that aaron goldsmith was their choice and he probably got a new deal a new offer something that they they keep him there and chip carey was the fallback because it's a bally sports move bally sports is who owns obviously and makes the decisions and the DeWitts even mentioned that at winter warm-up, that they have input, but it's Bally Sports is higher. So all he is is moved over from a, to a different location. Right. In same, and the check is still coming from the same place. So to me, that leaves it open for possibilities. That's why I think it's, it's interesting. Different networks too, right? Because Mariners is that root. Root sports, yes, Mariners. which is so maybe it's maybe for Goldsmith. It was also like they gave me my chance. I've been here 10 years. I kind of want to stay. Yeah, might be maybe a little more job security time. Jo- yeah, maybe I, I think I tweeted about that. Maybe he's worried about the bankruptcy right. looming like he didn't want. Maybe someone talked to him about that. Like there's I think there's all kinds of possibilities of why. And I think Aaron Goldsmith was because that's why he got leaked was probably because that's who they were going to choose. And he. And he backed out negatively, I think. But I think no matter who it is and who it was going to be, there are people going to hate him no matter what. And people are going to love him no matter what. Uh, people hate There's Jim Edmonds sides, on, yeah. on, the, on TV. People hate BT on TV. People hated Danny Mac. People love Danny Mac. I mean, it's all, it's all over the place, and it's a personal preference. And um, I'm just excited, like uh, Jackie uh, Estes on Facebook said. Yeah. I can't wait for Cardinals baseball. She's listening. She's like, I can't wait for Cardinals baseball. Can't come soon enough. Can't come soon enough. And we tried to be as positive as we could today. 
uh, yeah. with everything because you know there's no real big bad news happening right now. We didn't rag on Matt Holiday too much. No, I no. You know we didn't even talk about Matt Holiday <laughs> and his leaving. We we can save that not, for a different for a not different day. again. Not clutch again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's a perfect line. I'm yeah. surprised you hadn't already said yeah, that. You know. I, I hey, what, nice. one, hey, one last broadcasting note before before we wrap up here. So. Uh, for the first time ever in his tenure with the Cardinals, John Rooney is now the most senior Cardinal broadcaster on the roster starting in 06. So there you go. The old guy is, is finally the longest tenured in, in the booth. He'll be 69 on his next birthday. Yep. So, you know, and, and I, I also make a point, too, that, you know, we talk about Chip Carey's age. He's not old. He's older. No, He's not, not comparatively. Yeah, fact, to... you know, this could be a move that he's decided to make to come back home and, and live out his days here. So, you know, yeah. will there even be an opportunity uh, for Danny Mac to return? I don't I don't know. Uh, the age thing could be a factor the other way as opposed to the, the front side of it. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. In my understanding, too, with Rooney, and I love Rooney. I think John's great. Uh, I want to say I read or heard something that, that they would have talked with him, John, but he he kind of nicks that early. Say, hey, I want to stay. I want to stay in the booth. I want to stay in radio. Yeah. But those guys are Cardinals employees, not KMOX employees. Ah, uh, okay. So that's, yeah. That's a different thing as well. Like, there's a yep. whole different. And that could be the similar thing. Like, I don't know what's happening with the that side. I know my job's safe on this side. You know. And hey, just uh, sorry, I keep interrupting you. I'll stop it. Uh, so John Rooney does do TV. Uh, for those that don't know, I mean, he, yeah, he does. Absolutely. He is a TV voice in the Missouri Valley Conference for basketball. And, and so he does have that TV experience. He just decided to stay on the radio side for the Cardinals. Well, depending on how Chip does this year, I might be switching to the radio audio oh, during the TV. Broadcast. Wow, you're not one of them, are you? Look, <laughs> if, he, if he's calling, you know, long flyouts to short right center. As home runs. I mean, Danny Rooney. Mike, Rooney does that really. Badly. Rooney's done that. If you, uh, you give guys a pass, especially during COVID, when yeah. it was kind of hard with the well, camera shots. But now it's like, Rooney, let's calm down a little. bit. I think Rooney's the worst at that. Well, <laughs> I, he does get pretty you, pumped. You listen on the radio, and I'm like, it's a deep fly ball. It's caught <laughs> at like, behind second base. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, what just happened? Yeah, it's infield fly. What? Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I think of when I think of. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I have all this stuff over here from winter warm up. We got all all kinds of stuff. Um, um, I got a couple. Uh, Don't hit your mic there. Watch out. We got. Um, can you see it? Matt Adams. Yeah, they had some some cheap signed well, memorabilia. You ten can bucks. Get. Ten yeah. bucks for each of these. Um, so I got those for a couple of things. Obviously, I had the Edmund. I have an Arenado. Arenado signed jersey. Kyle asked him, "Hey, hey, um, go win a World Series for us." And he goes, "I'm gonna do." Everything I can to do that is what he said. Uh, you know he's got to be chomping at it. That's like the one thing left. That, yeah. And I'm sure he doesn't want to do it just once. And, and he and wants it. I gave him. I talked to him about the podcast. And I said, hey, we'd love for you to come on sometime. And I said, I have a fairly popular podcast. He goes, oh, man, that's really cool. I'm, I'm happy for you. Congratulations. <laughs> he's like, He was like really like genuinely happy yeah. that we had a podcast and that he was a part of. Ricky Horton signed a ball for us. We talked to him a little bit about the podcast and gave him a card. I have one more I'll reach for. Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt signed jersey. Um, he was um, stoic. <laughs> if Did I, you ask him why he didn't win the Triple Crown? I didn't. I didn't. I told him congratulations. <laughs> Have you figured out what was wrong the last month and a half of the season? Yeah, I didn't I didn't go negative at all. I, <laughs> no, you should. He, uh, That's good. He signed MVP on it. 
I nice. put and I and I also just put in a bet. That's yesterday. smart to ask them to do that yeah. because if I didn't you, think they would. I mean, if you ever do, you could probably sell that. Well, I would never. You would never. And but you could way, probably. Can I say this? Winter warm up is designed for the fans, right? To get access to players they normally don't get access to. All of them are not. Uh, there's no um, certificate of authenticity that goes with these. Now you can pay for that at a different booth in the other part of the building. Right. This is for the fans and. Kids and kids yeah. and all that, and same with the wind, and same with the caravan. That's for the kids and to get access to the players that you no, normally don't get. Don't be that if guy you, poaching autographs. I, if you're going to get twenty autographs, it's the worst. And you're buying tickets up that other people came. I will never. I have things on my walls for as far as you can see. There are things in boxed up as we're getting ready to move here in two weeks, and these things are going to come off the wall and go to a new place. I'm not selling any of this stuff, and I will tell you this: the guy that's buying my house. Here in Indianapolis, Indiana, where Fishers is a St. Louis Cardinals fan. He came in with oh. a Cardinals cap, and he's a Cardinals fan. So maybe now he listens. I don't know. There's a, there's a, there was an offer that included all your memorabilia, too. No, 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 no. Say, yeah, he probably loved the baseball. I told him if he went over asking, I would leave him a piece. <laughs> if he went over asking price, because we had five offers on our house, and I said, if you, if you go over asking, I will leave you a piece of memorabilia. My choice, not his choice of what would stay. <laughs> but uh, I, I said he, would, he could have a piece. He didn't. He didn't go over. They just asked. Be that holiday autograph, wouldn't it? I don't have anything holiday, do I? I, I no, I just was making oh, a joke. Oh, when we ran into holiday, when we yeah. ran into holiday, and uh, I didn't get it autograph. That's one of my right. biggest regrets on Hall of Fame weekend. All right, so that's it. Uh, that's what our podcast is brought to you by Jersey Flock. Lids.com and Breaking Tea. You can get all of those things at our link tree. Um, get all the discounts. Of all those jerseys I just held up were all Jersey Flock jerseys. Um, Got one on right here. And, yes. Finally, it look, they will come in. Look, they look Guys, good. If you've ordered from Jersey Flock, it might it legitimately it might take a couple months, it but really they will is. come in. And for the price, great. They look great. Yes, they look great. Order it now, though, if you want it before opening day. If Yes, order it today if you want it for opening day, because I'm serious. It will take a month. Got a Lids hat on? You've got you've got Breaking Tea, the Tommy Two Bags? I, yeah, I got uh, break, uh, yeah, Breaking Tea. They have these in T-shirts. They have these in hoodies. Uh, get it on your coffee mug if you want. Breaking Tea. Uh, you, again, use our links on Linktree. Anything you get, we get a little piece of it coming back. Lids. Jersey Flock, you'll get a discount, too, with our link. That was like five yes. bucks or something. Uh, five percent off or something. 10, I think it's ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah. Ten percent. I think breaking tea is ten percent as well off as well with our link. Yep. Lids.com. I think is maybe just. I don't know if there's a discount with our link, but all of our links are on Linktree. Uh, be able to check those out to get all those things. Anything else, fellas? I don't think so. It's nice to nice to hop back on here. Yes, uh, we were going to have Polo Asensio on, uh, who's the Spanish broadcaster. We were going to have him Keep on. That schedule. Uh, he. We, I had to cancel because it was the day before Christmas when the storm happened, and I had to travel a day earlier, so I had to cancel on him. He was at Winter Warm-Up, and he was hilarious. I ta- I ran into Benji Molina while we were there as, at Winter Warm-Up as well, talked to they him. They seemed very down-to-earth, like, yeah, cool were, guys. You, you weren't there for that part. Oh, Kyle and I were listening to him. They yeah. were hilarious. They were like doing a stand-up comedian show. Oh, that's They were great. back and forth just hilarious. So we got to get them on. Uh, Polo said he will come on for sure. Benji said in passing that he would as well, but um, just stay We're tuned. We're going to get John Denton on as well. John Denton. CardinalsMLB.com writer. We'll probably have Katie Wu on at some point. I bumped into her at one warm up. She was like, yeah, great. Just let me know. So, yeah. So we appreciate you listening. I'll come back. Uh, uh, Kyle will be here as yes. always. You can follow me at Jinx3086 right there on your screen. Kyle J. Peach and J. J. Brown, J. Brown 116. 116. Uh, follow us on Twitter at That's a Winter Pod. 
uh, Facebook, Facebook, at that's Winter Podcast, I do believe. Yes, and that's Winter Podcast on YouTube. Follow us all those places. We appreciate it. I am Ryan Jenkins. That's Kyle Peach, and that's Josh Brown. Thank y'all. See ya. From the belt to the plate, a swing and a miss, and that's the winner. That's the winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals. Smith parks one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game by the score of three to two. And a home run by the Wizard. Go crazy. Swinging a long one into left field. Adios, goodbye, and maybe that's the winner. A three-run homer by Clark. And the Cardinals lead by the score of 7-5, to five, and they may go to World Series on that one, folks. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011.